Only as a warrior can one withstand the path of knowledge. A warrior cannot complain or regret anything. His life is an endless challenge, and challenges cannot possibly be good or bad. Challenges are simply challenges. Carlos Castaneda, a warrior quote. I may have Googled that just by random. No, just kidding. I know who that is. What's going on, guys? This is MDLP. This is the Battle Axe Podcast, episode 30, the big 3-0. We became adults. Yes. We are now fully, well, I was going to say fully functioning adults. I had Cheerios this morning <laughs> with sugar scoops on it. So. We have bang and whiskey, which is great. <laughs> no, that's that. That's an adult That's breakfast. an adult thing. <laughs> um, thanks again, guys. This is episode 30. is your host, MDLP, and I'm here with my handsome Baron of the North co-host, Johnny Banks. What up, everyone? Thank you for coming along for another ride. Episode 30. That's right. Live studio audience here. We got uh-huh. one of our buds, Dennis. We turned off his mic on purpose. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, don't fool us, don't fool us. Um, <laughs> so guys, chill important. out, chill out. Shh, shh, everybody, shh, shh. it's too much noise. Super important. Um, again, we want to always thank those people that support us. And sponsors not only for the Battle Action but our community. First and foremost, Cerberus USA. Thank you again for giving us equipment and the discount, which is great. Use discount Battle, um, which is just awesome that he, they support each other and support us. Med CBD discount code Battle Axe Gym. Wow, mm. look at me! Um, save yourself some uh, money on CBD products, local Miami grown, and of course BV three hundred five um, fraternity of men giving back to the community. Left and right family to me, also BV from our co-host and my cousin, which we love dearly. Man, those brothers support us all over the world, which is awesome. And lastly, of course, Battle Axe Gym. Family, clan, thank you again for always being with us and supporting us, not only on the battlefield of strength, but on the podcast and on your personal lives. So episode 30, bro. Let me explain something to you. (laughs) I'm always pretty fired up um, about podcasting. Sure. But this one, I felt was a long time coming. We've been doing podcasts now three years, and yeah. that's nuts. Um, yeah. Not only just putting them together and just the gym with cars driving by and planes and shitty microphones and laptops, but now we have a, a studio, um, we have vision, we have possible sponsors in that concept, people to thank, uh, well over 18, 20,000 listens at this point. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked because I never look. But this one I really wanted to push um, and the concept came to me. It just happened to fall on the big three O, which is, you know, it's relevant in the sense that I love the number 30, but it was more, I thought it just came time to be. And it's the concept is the warrior code. Now, let me start off this episode by saying that there are various visions, understandings, and opinions on what a warrior is and what a warrior code is. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm literally fighting, you know, across enemy lines and killing my enemies physically. I didn't choose that path in life, although sometimes I wish I had. That being said, I have had the luxury of not only befriending and being brothers to some of the most dangerous, driven warriors in this world. Not only on the battlefield as high as levels as SEAL Team 6 and Special Forces, but also single moms and single dads and people on the streets trying to push it. You must understand that I'm going to start this episode by defining in some ways where I'm going with this. The warrior code is a personal terminology and it's a path. It's not necessarily taking the life of another person, although I do understand when people uh, put things together like warrior, meaning battle and stuff like that. In modern times, I'm going to change this concept for us in this podcast and what I feel the warrior code is 
today and how it can apply to not only myself, the people in this room, but every fucking person that listens to this podcast for now and forever. So I just wanted to say that first because motherfuckers think I'm out here with a AR-15 blowing <laughs> shit up. I'm like, I don't even own one, but whatever. But I've, I'm a good shot. I'm a good fucking shot. Fuck out of here. It's like, yeah, every morning we wake up and cut ourselves in the inner thigh. Like, <laughs> yeah. today's the day. Today's the day. <laughs> I'm a real G.I. Joe, motherfucker. <laughs> I shave only part of my head sometimes. I'm ready. Guys. So uh, let's do some business first. Let's talk Stop. about uh, recently you did a live and you did a live on Miami's Baddest. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some updates. Um, I did see... One of the main questions I keep seeing is about the live audience. Right. So how do we, do we have that sorted yet? Or? Great fucking, man, great question. Um, first of all, Miami's Baddest, this is our fifth Miami's Baddest. It will be April 3rd. We will start at 9 o'clock to 1 p.m. If you have any questions about the event, please look at the link in my bio at the Battle Axe Gym on Instagram. Now, Miami Dade has been a little bit hit harder than most places in Florida. And although we're not closed some businesses still have to run at a certain percentages which is fine crossfit kendall has been more than kind to open up their doors to us and have been very cool with us and how we're going to run this show i would love for everyone's mother neighbor cousin grandfather dog and everything to come to this event unfortunately we do have to have a concept of limited audience inside the facility so can you bring a family members? Absolutely. Is it the event that you want to bring every single person you've ever met in your entire life? Yes and no, because we're going to split the audience with having a live feed uh, broadcasting at Spanish Marie. And also for your family members that don't want to be around people or are still nervous, which is understandable. We have a live feed that you're going to be able to see it on YouTube. So we will have some spacing in the audience. We're not going to have Two, three hundred people next to each other like we normally do, which is our strength. I mean, that is a real energy. But such is life. We're going to do the best we can with what we have and respect the facility and not get fined for stupid shit. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you can bring that. There's going to be some limitations. Please understand that, you know, I'm not going to kick you off for not having a mask, but just be respectful of the people who are giving us an area for free so that they're not getting fined or closed down. Because Miami is ratchet like that with Mm -hmm. somebody who just take a picture and three weeks later, they're getting hit with a fine, and it's going to be on me, and I'm going to feel like puking. So controlled, limited audience, and again, live feed outside. You can watch it having a beer at Spanish Marie inside, or you can you know get some barbecue that's outside, and you can watch it on your phone. Oh, just be smart, guys. You know the rules. Yeah, man. You go around to places every single day when you have your... I don't need with it, yeah. your homies. I don't need any fucking heroes here, dude. I will punch you in the fucking face. Like, hey, bro, I don't wear a mask. I'm a rebel. I'm like, no, you're fat. Get out. And that is literally his favorite sentence at his comps. He will punch you in the face. For sure, dude. And I have numbers on my side. I will cheat. I'm at that age, bro. Fuck the honor code right now. We'll we said warrior code, later. not yeah, honor. Exactly. Idiot. Idiot. <laughs> it's not the honor code episode. <laughs> See you, episode 40. <laughs> Episode 40, 30 was a bust. <laughs> so um, we've been talking a little bit about doing something on behalf of the podcast. Um, I'm going to do my best to, to be there, um, but we do have young Lola Michael. Lola Michael. <laughs> Baby um, girl. She's she's due the first. Oh, nice. Um, we think a little bit before we're going to induce the first. For sure. And the wife is already like, hey, you could probably step out for a couple of hours and like oh, go down man. there. So we want to do a prize. We want to do a cash prize on behalf of the podcast. Yes. Undisclosed amount yet. We'll still work on that. Yeah. Uh, because we don't really know how we want to format it. But there'll yeah. be something special from us. Absolutely, man. That was a great idea on your part. And I said that. I'd like to. Strongman is hard to get cash in. Yeah. And it would be great to just hit, hit over a cash prize to guys that just 
guys and girls that dominated their class um, overall point winners. But we'll discuss that exactly who gets what. Yeah. But somebody's making some fucking money. And I think um, that if you're unable to quote or name your favorite episode, you can't have the money. Absolutely. Or, or you get a bag of quarters. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> get these roll, 6,000 rolls of pennies. Get out of my face. In a sock. Yeah. And I hit you with it. <laughs> Piece of crap. Watch them be like, yeah, episode. I'm like, you're a liar. <laughs> I really loved the McGill episode. Yeah. Everyone loves that. Everyone loves that. <laughs> Piece of crap. Everyone loves McGill. God, he's so good. Yeah, it's he's a charming. mustache. It just, yeah. just charm. Just gets you. Yeah. It's like, oh, your shitty spine. Hey, you're going to be okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that mustache is hope. <laughs> Did that mustache just do a bird dog at me? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so. Yeah, that'll that'll be due, um, and we'll figure that out. We'll probably announce it beforehand. Maybe we'll do a little, yeah. Have you do a MDLP's walk? Yeah, for sure. Like, I know we'll put a video. I really want to do some videos um, explaining each event, um, filmed correctly in the next few weeks, and post them on my stories. Not my story, my actual page, so they last. Mm. I've had a lot of questions spread out. And I've answered them. And of course, when I did my fucking Q&A, I got like three questions. But motherfuckers DM me on a Sunday like, hey, what is this? I'm like, you oh, motherfucker. Here it is. You know, so <laughs> now I'd rather have it like, hey, here's the link. You know, not, not strategy, just explaining how to make points and how to get this event. And I want to film normally and not so much showing the event, but explaining the event. So just a tip to lifters out there that are competing. If MDLP said in his conversation Choose wisely. Oh, yeah. Prepare to die. Yeah, that, uh, I'm telling you. People, I hate that, when he says that. That keg carry to throw is going to break some fucking hearts. I am fucking telling you. But here we are. I will laugh on the mic. Not at you, but just like, I told you so. <laughs> I would hate that. I knew this because yeah. it would have killed me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man, this is, these, are, these whiskeys are going down easy. Mm. Saturday's for the boys. It's a good day, boys. Sponsored by McAllen's, guys. Yeah. Not really, but just maybe just one day. Maybe they should listen. I yeah. think they'd like it. I'm going to send it to them. It's like, <laughs> this is us. This is us in the raw, in the nude. So, um, the Warrior episode, episode 30, we had gotten into the Warrior Code. It's something that we kind of, just our conversations kind of always lead to something Strictly philosophical for some reason. A hundred percent. It's like we're spitting and all of a sudden we're like, you know. Back when I used to throw a sword around <laughs> in 1352, in the year of our Lord. <laughs> um, so this came to you and, and let's just talk about like uh, you'd mentioned that you feel like the warrior code is absent of a lot of things that might be defining in terms of like that is X. Right. So, oh, you know, uh, he's a warrior. Right. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that you don't feel like it has a gender. It's genderless. The warrior code is genderless. It also is absent of good and bad. Mm -hmm. Talk about how that came to be, because I feel like uh, most things are defined by like a uh, male gender. Correct. And it's like, oh, he and and it's, it's, you know, it's just and so and it's not look, man, I'm not trying to sugarcoat the episode. It's not. Or I suddenly was woke with uh, <laughs> yeah. gender equalities. Not I've always known that. I went to school for that. But here, historically, most warriors or people that went to war were men. And um, not all the time, of course. There's a lot of history and stories of women going to war, etc. That being said, 
you can define the times of change that going to war, literally to survive or to hold livestock or property, that's pretty much gone. I mean, all over the world. I'm sure there's still places that do that consistently, of course. But let's speak modernly, speak people that are here and there. If you're listening to a podcast, you're probably not fighting for your life in six cows, like most likely. If you're, <laughs> that being said, if you do and you're hearing us, thank you. You're awesome. Um, but realistically, that concept of warrior um, over the time simply has to change with the adaptation that a warrior is somebody with a high level of accountability. That external battles and external wars have now shifted, and I think in modern times, to an internal uh, battle, which is the whole concept of revolution and rebellion, in my opinion. Actual, the physical nature of being a warrior, of course, I hold that in high regards. Being physically fit and pushing your body through discipline, through pain, through suffering, yes, that is a very big part of what I consider somebody who is a warrior. Because that concept of pushing yourself physically comes from an internal battle and a consistently daily fight against self-discipline, self-accountability. You didn't go to the gym. Why didn't you go to the gym? The only person that knows that answer is yourself. Mm -hmm. You want to get bigger. You want to get stronger. You want to get more dangerous. You want to put your body through martial arts and fighting. Typically, of course, there's outliers. It's your choice. And that can be anyone and anything from any age. That's one part of it. And I think a lot of people would start to use this term warrior very loosely because it's a compliment. You know, you, you typically associate warrior with somebody who's tough, somebody who comes back victorious, armored, big, strong, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that concept. And I, and, I, and I say it truthfully. If we're going to use history as a guideline, not necessarily a 100% defining terminology for what warrior is, we have to understand that warriors were ne not necessarily good people or bad people. Mm -hmm. When you take a life, whether it's because it's for your king or your choice or your own personal property, it is a choice that you're making. And sometimes in battle, whether it's internally or externally, there's certain stories that only you know that you did the wrong thing to get the right outcome. And I don't care what you say, that doesn't make you a good person. It may not make you a bad person, but it makes you a person with a high level of self-accountability that gets their personal goals done, sometimes by any means necessary. And that doesn't necessarily make you a really good person. And this is where I come to the terminology and I come to the admitting factor that, you know, everyone's like, I hate when people say, oh, you're a good guy. I'm like, I need you. Well, thank you, first of all. And I think inherently some of us may be somewhat bad people that do really good things to stay out of that deep end. <laughs> and nothing came to me thank more you. more realizing than, man, that's kind of a warrior code. You know, that's kind of a warrior feeling like not all warriors go and save the day. You know, warrior doesn't equate hero. This isn't episode 30, the hero code. Mm -hmm. This is somebody who consistently fights, whether it's against themselves and sometimes external factors. That doesn't, it's not a good or a bad thing. It's simply like we said in the beginning quote, a challenge is nearly a challenge, nor good nor bad. A warrior is merely a warrior, good nor bad. Mm -hmm. And you have to kind of accept that, that sometimes that middle path, as conflicting and as horrible and as difficult it is to be in that forest fire, is the way. And if you consistently chase good and bad, and yes, I'm not saying that the world is not is absent of good and bad. Let's be realistic. Sure. We all know those things. But to understand both those factors and to choose which side you need to do and pick and chase to get the outcome that is necessary in your life, to me, by all means necessary, consistently on a daily basis, makes you a fucking warrior in my eyes. Mm -hmm. It's every day. And sometimes, like I said, you do really good things, and sometimes that's a bad fucking outcome. <laughs> because we always say the, the, the path to hell was paved in good intentions. Well, 
So Facts. that's kind of this concept that we come across. You know, I love that you mentioned history because, uh, I don't know, obviously we like movies and stuff. Have you ever seen The Patriot? Yes. And you watch those lines standing in, standing in front of each other? My thought was never, wow, what a warrior. Yeah. Where those cannonballs are ripping people's fucking heads off. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's pretty stupid, dog. Oh, I don't know. Fuck, bro. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like. And it, it oh, right, exactly, right? So, and again, I, I say this very openly, guys, that's speaking to the military. Not everybody that goes to war is a warrior. Yep. You're a soldier. Oh, yeah. But you're not a warrior. And not everybody that lives life every day is a fucking warrior either. You know? And not, it's, it's definitely a daily path. When something hits you and you're in a situation that allows you to express that spirit, fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, there's people that do strongman. I'm like, you're not a fucking warrior. You're a fucking strongman. You don't got spirit. You're maybe strong. That doesn't define you as a fucking warrior. I can see you. I can see your fucking cowardice leaking through that shit. You know, I'm not going to call you a fucking warrior. I may say try to be a fucking warrior. Right. And listen, and we've, I've I've had the, I think all of us, I've had the, the hard luck of seeing a cancer ward. There's some motherfuckers in there that have never lifted a weight in their life and their attitude and their outlook. I'm like, you're a fucking warrior. Mm. And I don't have to see them do anything. The way they converse, their attitude, their self-drive, their accountability, the fact that they can smile in the face of death more than some motherfuckers that are shooting ARs across hills. I'm like, you're a fucking warrior, dog. You can jump tattoo it on your forearm. I don't care. Gabby Jr. is a great example of exactly. that. Exactly. And a fucking child. On a child. Relentlessly pursues being happy. I love that about him. Right. Music, dances. I mean, so what are we to say? Age, gender, size, you know, upbringing, religion. It doesn't matter to me per se. Sure. That's not really the defining factors. It could be a part of your expression. And I think that we can say that openly because. Why do you think warrior is so associated with, with the strength world? Like, why is it so just, I don't, overused, I, it, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> I think because people associate warrior with aggression. Mm. And to me, warrior doesn't mean aggression. It's the fact that you are aggressive, but choose to use it when you want to. Yeah. Just like you can be violent, just like you can be dangerous, or you can be loving and forgiving and passionate. You know, these are all traits that a warrior should choose like they're going through their fucking toolkit of swords. When to use this, when to use the bow. I mean, if, you want to quote Musashi. He consistently says which swords to use. It's he, he says it. Only a fool trusts it to one. That's why he used to carry two and learn every single weapon possible, right? That's yeah. the, the toolkit of the warrior. If you only stick your life to a bow and arrow, you're going to die in hand-to-hand combat. And it's the same philosophies I use when I speak about people. Now, the whole warrior term, again, because of battle, because of its historical sense, because of images, you think... You associate aggression with warrior and strength sports are typically derived and expressed with aggression. The ammonia tablets, the deadlifting, the strong man, the throwing, the yelling. And I would say, sure, that's a part of it, mm-hmm. but it should not be the defining factor. And then everyone says, oh, if you're really aggressive, that guy's a warrior. I'm like, that guy's a fucking pussy. But he just, he's loud. He's putting it on a show for right. his inferior... Because I can see that guy in three months and tears a hamstring and starts to consider, you know, Scrabble. <laughs> I'm like, that's not, that, that, you know, let's not, let's not pinhole that. Like, yeah. just like I said, the term coach is often misused. Uh, you know, when I say somebody's like my, bro- like you're my fucking brother. I don't, like I say brothers, like, you know, when I shake somebody's hand. When I call you my brother, I just spoke yeah. about this the other day. That means I accept you, your mom, your cousin, your aunt, your wife, your kids. I'm like, the rest of that I'll have to take care of too because we're brothers now. Not just yeah. you, 
I didn't choose you. I chose everyone there and dealing with that concept. I was like, so when people throw that loosely in sport, like, oh, man, that guy's a warrior or she's a warrior. I'm like, well, why? I mean, really? You know, and I think that overcoming self is the biggest term of any kind of warrior code. Overcoming self, right? That was one of uh, Musashi's quote, actually. Um, What is it? Beat yourself today so you can overcome lesser men tomorrow. Something like that. I can Google it, but I'm not going to cheat. But it's almost 100% that. Yeah. Um, And that's the biggest thing. Sometimes I see people that, you know, they may beat other people and crush and their PRs and yelling and beating everyone else, but I can see their internal weakness any day of the week, and so can they. And, you know, and and not being open about it and covering it up, like, no, that's... It's so funny. I used to always think I was the weird one. Mm. You know, like in, in prep for strongman or in prep for powerlifting. And I was like, everybody's on the the platform going fucking nuts. And I'm like, yeah. I'm just doing the work. I'm just having, this is what I know I can do. Do you know what I've been through? Yeah, <laughs> this is good. Like, this is kind of cool. And then, I, don't I don't know why we're yelling. but <laughs> and, and they'll be like, oh, bro. And see, that's that was my biggest issue. Because when I first got into strength sports, Strength sports, because in fighting, I always thought the quiet guy always seemed more dangerous. But in strength sports, you know, at first, I'm like, well, that guy seems so calm. Maybe he's not focused or he's distracted. Yeah. And I didn't, be, you know, I didn't say it publicly or to them, but I realized later as I got older that, you know, you go from a machine gunner to a sniper. And a sniper is one shot, one kill. He's not out there being boisterous. Yeah. He's not missing. He's not wasting bullets. He's not yelling on the M50. Not that machine gunners are not cool because I think that's great. It's probably <laughs> why I would be. But that terminology and that philosophy, you know, sometimes happiness is what you need to get it. A smile or, you know, calm energy or whatever. That there's, again, a variation in some expression of that warrior spirit. But again, it boils down to what are you using in self to overcome? You know, for you, it might be going into a happier place and, and leaning on your experience and your confidence of training. Mm-hmm. For some people, it's digging back into moments of trauma and anger and loss. For some people, it's literally a machine-like technicality. You know, they're thinking about biomechanics and sport. For some people, they might need music. Some people listen to, I've seen it, like fucking Lady Gaga and dancing and pull 700. I'm like, what? And other people are listening to Metallica and Viking music. Yeah. Each person has their own ability, but it still falls under the umbrella of you're doing what you have to do within your means and your experiences on your path to overcome the obstacle and in your way. Do you have a specific memory of like that defining change of, okay, this is, this is not what a warrior is to me anymore. This boisterous, flailing, screaming thing, although you still do it, it's like in, like you said, a controlled way is there something like where you can go okay this is when i made that transition yeah yeah 2017 um you know that was my 2020 that's why 2020 was like whatever yeah no (laughs) offense to anybody who had a bad year but uh, injury um you know loss of best friends and those concepts but let's keep it in the sense of um i can taste my mortality after i hurt my back like i can taste it and I mean mortality, obviously, in the sense, well, in some ways off the platform, but in the gym, you know, I, I was in the, I felt indestructible prior to that. Never feared anything, obviously, you know, that fearless, you know, and I thought that that was strength yeah. because I was fearless and aggressive always and always yelling. And, and then suddenly I tasted my first injury, real injury, and that whole, well, this might be it. And now you can lift, but 
and you can go heavy, but this, and you have to do this every day or else. And I never had that feeling in my life. Yeah. And then I realized that overcoming these daily struggles, as hard as it took me to realize that that's pretty much the rest of my life, that that I felt made me much more internally strong and disciplined and willing to continue than if everything was gifted to me. You know, I never faced an internal battle because of a real severe injury. The the concept of, is it over? Am I over? Am I going to quit? Am I a pussy? Or, you know, maybe I should listen to everybody and stop. And these questions were never more real until somebody goes, yeah, but if you continue, you can end up this way. Mm. And this was one that's just like a mom being scared for you. This was actually, you know, MRI, doctors, PTs. And then, of course, when I tore my tendon, I was like, man, there's 16 months of contemplating why am I doing this? That's when I started to realize that it's the guy that steps up to compete that has the most to lose and the most to fear guy or girl, obviously, and still gets there that I respect the most. It does not mean that I don't respect phenoms and people who are just coming up in the sport. Of course, of course. But let's be real. When you sit at a bar and you see a grizzled old man with a cigar and a beat-up Vietnam coat, like, I want to listen to that motherfucker, and I don't want to listen to the 21-year-old with tight jeans and diesel shoes. And that's just the concept of our body, where our human, our human mind will always draw to experience. Yeah. And when I realized that concept, when I felt it, and I started looking at people differently, older lifters. Uh, I used to think, you know, when people would complain about injuries, I'm like, bro, it's in your head. Relax. You know, like, <laughs> you can get over it. Like, not coming from a place of not mocking, but just like you could. Yeah. And then when I started getting them more consistently, I'm like, damn, dude. Like, there's some guys out there and girls out there that have a lot of life traumas and injuries and things beyond that that are still showing up to the platform, to the gym with a, a great attitude, a, a kind of forceful passion that's like, you can feel it in the room. I'm like, that, that. Mm-hmm. And it, it always brings out to that quote that I have in my gym that says, you know, there's, again, I'm, I'm not 100% quoting this. Please don't. <laughs> it's like there may be a 1,000 men or a 1,000 a people. 980 of them will, you know, will never come home. 10 of them will have a good fight, but only one warrior will be there, and that warrior will bring the rest home. And that, that quote, I think my, one of my lifters, Lulu, sent it to me. Um, it's a Greek philosopher, and I'll look it up eventually. Um, but that hit me. You know, there may be 100 people in the room, 80 strong motherfuckers, 10 game, 10, 15 gamers that are, are willing to fight and they're passionate. I go, but a handful of warriors that are going to change your life. Yep. They're gonna, you're going to leave that event and be like, hey, you remember that person? And it's not always the biggest, most tatted, loudest, ferocious person in the room. Technically, it's not that at all. You know, yeah. it's, it's people that exude this kind of attitude like, I've been through some shit. And they shake your hand and make eye contact with you. And they're like, they're like shit, like, this is a warrior. Yeah. It's always. Yeah, I would say that like a good example of that is, is uh, Ralph from GMA, who's very unassuming looking. Motherfucker. Man, that guy gets after That guy it. can game, bro. Let me ask you a question. Fucking guy. You know. So strong. Yes. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so have you always been so stable on your feet psychologically? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, did you ha- do you feel like you have an, an advantage uh, in terms of like understanding, so we know 2017 was like your my dumpster fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's like where you're teetering the rope, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could go either way. You could either go, I'm gonna fucking just get after this, or people would never look at you and be like, I don't get it. If you went the other way, right, right. 
But I feel like more and more young people coming up uh, are not sound of foot psychologically. Right. Um, were you always steadfast that way? Or do you think that your degree kind of helped you pull this apart and, and understand like the emotions you would go through? That's a really good question. Um, man, I didn't see it on the list. That was good. It wasn't. <laughs> Damn. You're welcome. That's why I barely look at the list. Uh, truthfully, I had this conversation. I've had this conversation a few times. And, you know, I get this look or this understanding that I have, like, my, my bearings together. Whether it's because I understand it um, or went to school for it. Or I've had the experience of just having a business where you can have a great conversation with people and understand psychologically what drives the athlete. I've also had great conversation with operators and what drives the most dangerous man in the world. Um, and often I think people see what I exude as, well, he's got his shit together and he's got a mental understanding and clarity. So maybe it's like he's been gifted or he's, um, he's come with like a, a prerequisite of understanding. So he's good. And I would always argue people that it's the contrary. Um, it's because I'm not good that I work really hard at this. Um, and that's my nature. And I, 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 I attribute that to growing up the chubby kid or not being, well, I was pretty good at sports. So fuck that. But I wasn't really great at anything and I, I hate to lose and I just talked about it competitively I mean my friends know it I am super competitive but not so much because I want to win is that I hate to lose you know it's just I feel that I don't really want to beat you as much as I want to know that I'm good at something mm -hmm. it's irrelevant like if I beat you well that's expected to happen if you're good at something and when I know as growing up, obviously we all go into psychology because a lot of us get in there because, uh, you know, you, you want to be a psychologist. You, you think you're going to own an office and help people or, you know, I wanted to study serial killers like everyone that joins in. You realize that's not really how that works all the time. <laughs> um, but I realized growing up that I had a lot of questions, you know, and um, Hispanic families traditionally don't really focus on mental health. You know, it's kind of like, hey, get to work or, you know, not my family per se. My dad was very good at talking, but they're OG Colombians, you know, yeah. they, hold things in and they, they bog things down with work and they put it more into taking care of their kids. It's, it's as many families and many cultures, but I had questions, you know, why am I upset or why does this bother me or what's going to happen? And I'm not very good at it. I'm actually not, you know, I'm actually better at dealing with other people's problems than I am with myself. I mean, that's pretty much the story of many of our lives, especially men. I promise you that as much as you think that it's not a man thing, it is a man thing to try to solve everybody else's issues except your own. I'm not saying it's not like that for women, but men are exceptionally good at this. And you'll never know because it's a pussy to show it, right? It's the, the beautiful distraction. Right. And I'm not good at it, bro. To answer your question, I'm not. Like, I have my own shortcomings. I have consistent doubt, very big fears. Like, I still fear Atlas Stones. Like, I doubt myself constantly. I am very hard on myself, harder than I am on any other person in the world. I'm consistently emotionally drifting. Sometimes I am you know, extremely dedicated and passionate and happy. And there's some days I wake up and I don't want to get out of bed. I mean, just like you and me, just like us in this room, just like all of our friends, there's some days we're rolling out of bed is like moving a truck. And I practice these things. I see this as a way of, man, I cannot be not good at this. Mm -hmm. Like this makes me upset because my nature, who I am as a human being, as a man, as a person, doesn't like to be bad at something. Mm -hmm. And I use that perspective to be like, get up. Mm. take this lift eat this food show up to the gym get the fucking surgery don't be a pussy because you know what you hate more than being depressed you hate being bad at something okay. and you don't want to be a bad man in this sense bad as in not sufficient not useful 
you don't want to be a bad leader. You don't want to be a bad lifter. You don't want to be a bad brother, a bad son, a bad uh, family member, a bad boyfriend, nothing. It pisses me off. So I use that drive, that internal drive. And I think inherently most men and most people are competitive. And that's a kind of, again, a warrior spirit. If you're accountable and you're driven, and again, not everybody is a warrior, that's okay. There are poets and artists and writers and chefs and lovers. It's fine. But the warrior spirit, that competitive drive for yourself, it's not because I want to get up in the morning and be better than my friends. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get up in the morning and lift more than you. It doesn't even fucking, I mean, obviously in competition, but I just want to be not better than uh, myself. I want to be not bad at something. And so when people, it's funny, some people will say that, oh, my God, man, you have no idea yeah. how not good I am at this. You know, when you see me lift, they're like, damn, that deadlift is good. You know, you know why I'm pretty good at deadlifts? Because I was so bad at it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I don't want to do this. And then to piggyback on that, is that I have the luxury of expressing and teaching these habits to, to my lifters, to my friends, like I do with deadlifting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what gets me out of bed? This, this, and this. So when you teach somebody to something and you see a blossom in somebody else, it is, that's daily fuel, man. Yeah. That's why I tell people as a human being, isolation is super dangerous. And I, I love that sometimes <sighs> because it's so easy. So good. But then you sit in that and you drink that fucking Kool-Aid and then, you, and then I start realizing, I go, you know what I'm doing? I'm being bad at this right now and I get fucking pissed <laughs> and that's kind of my shit. You know, it's just like if, you know, look at when I played pool recently, like a couple of years ago and I was like, I'm bad at this. I'm like, got my own pool stick. I'm like, fuck this, go on YouTube. I'm going to play every day at the keg, which cost me a lot of money and a lot of fucking liver years. But that same attitude, I think a lot of us have that attitude. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, you don't have to be externally competitive. A lot of people are internally competitive. If you're hard on yourself, you're internally competitive. Yeah. And I think 95% of people that I know are hard on themselves. So just equate that terminology and that thought, and you probably get out of bed. Is that all of us drinking at a party, destroying ourselves inside and smiling <laughs> yep. on the outside? Hey. And then inside, you're oh like, man, it's so much fun. Put on those sad songs. <laughs> um, listen, so I, I like that you mentioned that you consistently have these days of struggle, right? What do you think is your most common first step? When you have that day where you don't want to get out of bed, you have that day where you're just like, you know what, man? Fuck this. Mm-hmm. What is the one thing you do consistently first, always? Physically or mentally? Give me both. I brush my teeth. And let me tell you a story behind that. When I was getting ready for fighting, I was 23, 24, and Wes would always tell me, well, A, he would always say, go through the motions. And it's become pretty popular. Jocko Willink had a comment. like, Go through the motions, you know how he talks. Yeah, good. Um, and he Wesley would always say, "Goes," he said, "He goes once I sit up, then I start going through the motions." And he goes, "He goes once I brush my teeth, like I know I'm up." Mm. And I took that to heart. You know, Wes was a big mentor to me. And when a coach says something or somebody you believe in says something, like you know, either you want to copy them because they're cool, or it just hits you in a way, right? Yeah, like the will to win and the terminology. Well, for me, as I grew up to wake up at 4.45 in the morning for about five fucking years, um, I always use that. Like, once I started brushing my teeth, the mint flavor, the the brushing, the looking in the mirror and seeing yourself, whether you, what your attitude is for the day, whether you're all groggy-eyed or you're being soft or you're up, you know, it's you and you. It's you in the mirror. You're facing yourself. But that that feeling I always put, like, you can't go back to sleep, in my, for me personally, with that mint and the action of gar- gargling water. 
And I always, I always put those together with getting the day started. No matter what, like once that motion is, like I'm not really going to go back to bed. I understand that some people do and some people can sleep really well and don't have fucking CPAP up your goddamn nose. But for me, it's a, it's a thing, right? And over the years, I started to associate that on my hardest days that if I just got up and walked five feet to my bathroom and brushed my teeth, that I had no choice but to face the day. Like yeah. I was up and laying back in that dark bedroom was just awful. You know, you have to turn on the light. You have to look at yourself. I mean, most of us have mirrors in the bathroom. Like, you can't escape the man that's looking at you. And that's why I got this throat tattoo. And I told you that the Egesh Yalmar, that vision, that, that symbol is a warrior symbol. So if I stand proudly in the mirror, I can see it. And the only way I can see that is if I pick my fucking head up like a man. I go, okay, motherfucker. Like, you may look beat up and you have saggy eyes and there's extra scars on your face. And you might look a little fat today. But it's me in that mirror and it's me in the brush. And that helps me psychologically mm. because so it's a double whammy. It's two things like I'm, I'm a big believer in, in body language and physicality and movement and expression physically. The pat on the back, the beating of the chest. It's very uh, animalistic and I believe it's primal. And I'm a, you know, me, I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. So once I start moving and seeing myself and seeing how I'm reacting, like I can't go back, you know, because I've taken morning shits and I'm like, I can still sleep. <laughs> it's, for me brushing my teeth is that that flavor that movement and that you know everybody has their thing i get some people you know they meditate they walk or they're ready for the day for me it's five feet away from my bed because sometimes i won't make it to meditation i won't make it down my, i don't want to make it down the fucking stairs i just sit in my bed and i look at my phone trying to get my dopamine fix and distraction because looking at instagram is an easy way for me to run away from my cowardice and the fact that i have to go face people as a leader not as a guy in a fucking cubicle or running away from anybody. Like I can't escape anything. Yeah. So I brush my teeth. I face myself in the mirror and that both physically and mentally pushed me to start the day. And I, a big deal why I got that throat tattoo, that personal reason is you can't see it if my head is down, you know? So for those people that are, are listening, um, that was a great question, by the way, that you associate that you make that story. And the only reason why it's so impactful is because Wes told it to me one day. Mm -hmm. a coach a leader a mentor sometimes it doesn't have to come from within in a sense sometimes people will cue you with um uh motivation and you just have to be looking for it and so that's a big thing for me yeah it's funny because um obviously what my step i lost my stepdad five years ago yeah man right in 2017 recently four years ago right four years now <coughs> and uh that was like really the peak of my depression and I used to tell people all the time, like, if I didn't give myself, like, the mental command, put your feet on the floor, mm -hmm. stand up, go to the sink, brush your teeth. If I didn't do that, I would not do that. Right. I would sit on the bed and I would just go and stare for hours. If I didn't, if there was not another, like, mental command to do the next thing, yeah. I could lose a day. And it's so funny because... Again, when we first met, because we had met before, but, mm -hmm. like, when we first really, really, like, spent some time, it was after 2017. And I was like, hey, we've been through some things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, when you, you kind of told us briefly, like, hey, you know, this bad thing just happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you were the catalyst for me changing the way I approach things, too. It's very easy for people to say to you, right, like, you say, I'm... Hey, man, this is happening. 
I'm having my surgery, right? And most people would say, let me know if you need anything. Mm -hmm. And I, I stopped using that. Now I go, tell me what you need. Right. A command. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's like people are like, yeah. <sighs> getting back up because they're like, what? No. And I'm like, yeah, dude, tell me what you need. You can't run away from that. Right. And I remember that interaction because I'm like, you okay? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> okay. That was a rough, yeah. That was a, one of those like, what is this guy looking at? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, because, you know, like, right. same but not the same. But you can recognize that devastation. Once you've felt it, it's palpable. Of course. And I think that, I mean, keep tying this in, you know. Um, you And I, 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 don't, I guess I don't really hate to say it, but you can't be a warrior without a broken heart. You, you have to have the things, dude. And I'm not saying, uh, again, there are some people that have lived really great lives that maybe, maybe I consider that have a warrior spirit. Maybe their life just went really well. Yeah. They're out there trying their best with their means and helping others. I'm just going to say that that's the outlier. You know, and I'm not saying that the more heartbreaks you have, the more of a warrior you are. That's not true because it can only just take one for to make you a person that uh, is either going to ignite that spirit that's always been within you or for you to start asking the right questions to take that path. As like I said, there's either you're born or you're made. And some of us can be a little bit of both. Um and it's not like it's not everyone's born for that particular path, right? That accountability and then that path that you choose to have your heart broken like that. And it can come from any way. And mm-hmm. losing someone or gaining someone and, and knowing that you're going to fucking break their fucking heart. And here we are. And now you have to swallow that goddamn pill. Uh-huh. Because sometimes losing someone, and I hate to say it, is a little bit easier than you having someone and you're in bap and breaking the glass. And then you're still there. You're still fucking there. So you're like, fuck. And that bit, that that burning bridge defines that. What are you going to do with that energy? What are you going to do with that fire? Yeah. And what are you going to live with that? Are you going to, of course you can put it out. Of course you can rebuild. You know, there's some bridges that can be rebuilt. Let's be real. But what are you going to do externally to other people so that internally you're okay with yourself? Because you might have done something bad, but that's part of the way. Yeah. And now, you know, if you want to do good with it, do it. If you want to keep doing bad with it, Okay, man, but you know what's coming. I think it's funny that, like, people in those unhealthy mental situations Mm. can easily uh, take those bad things and turn them into, uh, like, a stepping block for their wrongs. Like, this is the way I am, so this is the way I handle these things, and and that's just just me. Yeah. And now it's your problem to deal with because you chose to be in my life, and it's like, no, man. That's not fair. <laughs> fuck you, dude. Yeah, fuck you. That's not fair. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a, there's a term for it. There's, I think there's a psychological term for it. I where it's Google like, this. Yeah. It was a Don't little, test me right now. <laughs> Can we edit that out? <laughs> Half a bottle in. Uh, wait. Shit. What's uh, that? Spell Google. It's got bippity boppity. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Latin term. Peter, you know, that doesn't mean you speak Italian. Bippity, of course it does, Peter. Uh, Brian. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, recently on one of your walks, the, uh, if you guys aren't watching the MDLP walks, you should. Yep. There's some great stuff in there. Um, you had mentioned that, and then I think this ties in well to, to where we are. If you're going to be a warrior, you have to accept both sides of the sword. Mm. So, uh, I would love to know like what inspired that? What did you see in that moment that made you say that? 
And then how are you applying that? So <clears throat> I have always, uh, I've always want, I've always been that person that believes that sometimes you can have your cake and eat it too. And that comes with a price, whether it's personal or physical or spiritual or mentally, I always have a large appetite for everything. Um, moderation is not the key. Management is my, my best tool. Uh, moderation has always been something very distant for me. Um, and I remember it was with a, a, not only a personal situation, but just thinking back at my physical career and my, my career, I guess, uh, training and stuff, where I realized that being ambitious and being you know driven and passionate had gotten me a lot of things in life. It always almost seems to always get me what I want, um, um, that charm and all that shit. It, it, it's awesome. It does. It's cool. But it always comes with the price, whether I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings or break somebody's heart or distance someone or piss someone off or be the fucking bad guy. And as much as you think you want to be the bad guy, it doesn't feel good. It's haunting and terrible and it haunts you every fucking day and hurts your stomach and kills your appetite and it kills your drive. Being the bad guy is hard when you're a person that's not inherently a bad person all the time. Also in sport, you know, it, it, it hurt my back. It took my tendon. It took my body. Some of my best years that should be now are constantly getting in and out of injuries and surgeries. And now I'm saying surgeries and I'm discussing knee replacements in 15, 20 years. And I'm looking at possible hernias and my other tendons and these choices that I'm finally running into those crossroads where the way to even train is much more difficult than the easiest way would be just fucking quit or exercise. And I realized that you cannot have the glory of one side of the sword that takes life and then regret that it comes back at you one day. You know, if that sword gets parried the right way, it'll kill you. And it should be that way. And you should take it with stride and like a fucking warrior. You can't go out there stepping on people and pushing hard and being the big dick of all the rooms and then something happens because you fucking stepped on the wrong guy or you said the wrong thing and then suddenly bitch and moan about it like you barely hear me complain yeah sometimes with personal friends i'll shed some tears i'm like fuck i fucked up yeah. and yeah i have my moments where you gotta cry in the shower a fucking sad song or you can't sleep for three days at a time i have those more now than i've ever had them it's not regret it's me fighting for acceptance it's what I have to fight for. I'm not fighting to go back in time and fix it. Because some things I've done, my friend, I can't fix. <laughs> Whether it's mentally, spiritually, or physically, I just can't fix them. Yeah. I can't fix my face. I can't fix certain things in my bones. And there's certain places in my heart that just never grow back. I'm not here to tell you that because, oh, man, put, no, fuck you. I'm just telling you that that, in, that internal and external bottle to find acceptance and accountability is that that spirit it's like you never find it somebody's funny you mentioned that somebody asked me about balance uh, one of my guys he's like in our world because he, he's a competitive fisherman and he has to balance fishing and, and and a love life and and family and money and a house he's like yeah. what's the balance for you we talked about this before he's like, he's like mike what's their balance i go there is no balance it's always a fight with per certain personality types and i defined it as the warrior code yeah i go the life of a warrior is spent in the fight and you have to find that that is your peace whether it's sharpening the blade or practicing your your you know in past times it would write poetry and and writing and moves and stuff like that and art all aspects that make you more into this lifestyle 
there is no balance. There's just a consistent fight to accept that. It is a double-edged blade for a reason. Mm-hmm. Both sides can cut the enemy or the user, and you cannot and will not complain. And that's where I came to that. I just sat there one day. It's funny. I think I was in my, sitting in my, my Cherokee, sitting in Roach. I go, ah! <laughs> I'm like, what? You know, it, you, it's not like I don't feel sorry for myself. Sometimes I sit there, I'm like, you know, why me? Like, everyone goes through that. Yeah. You know, why me? Like, why am I, like, going through this shit? But that's brief. That's not the defining characteristics of Michael De La Pava. It's just, like, I accept it. You know, just like I'm getting, you know, knee surgery, meniscus surgery, trim up, blah, blah, blah. I'm not asking you. <laughs> I'm not telling you. And people are like, hey, bro, you're going to be okay. I'm like, I know. But, and I don't mean to be rude. Yeah. Like, I know. I chose this life. And I was talking to the doctor. He's like, well, you know, what do you hear? He's like, well, I don't want to stop doing what I'm doing. So I'm here to see you so I can do what I have to do to get back to doing what I want to do. He's like, awesome. Here are your options. And that's how it should be. I wasn't like, you know, man, back in my day, I used to squat 500 pounds for 10. And, you know, I used to fucking throw this football over those mountains, you know, and I caught the high school winning ball. Get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah, I used to, dog. But I want to do more, you know, and 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 I'm accepting of it. And that's why that sword has two edges. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, you you begin to understand the paradigm shift as like your, your table fills with more responsibilities the entree is always shifting, mm-hmm. you know. It's, I like that. <laughs> right this shit down. Uh, it's something that I'm learning very well now that I'm responsible for a teenager and a wife and a baby on the way. Lola Michael. Yeah, and a house <laughs> and, and all these things that before, um, you know, it, it, and sometimes you think about it and you're like, man, it was so much easier to just handle me. Mm. Like, if I didn't want to eat that day, I just wouldn't fucking eat. Now I gotta be like, hey, did you have dinner? Yeah. Are you hungry? You wanna have a salad? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that's all. That's like responsibility on me. And it's like, uh, the the hardest thing for me to learn was learning that that was my responsibility now, and that was my sharpening of the sword, if you will. Like, is to just get a better vision of what my responsibilities have become, and like now, as we talk about all the time, it's the balance of like, okay, man, well. <laughs> I really got to fight for those two hours to train four yep. times a week because those hours aren't there now. And you turn around and it's Sunday and you're like, where the fuck did the yeah, week go? Tomorrow's fucking Monday and you're on Sunday already thinking <laughs> yeah. about Monday. Yeah? yeah. And it's that fast. It's an instant. It's a flash in the pan. And we lose sight of it so often, which is insane considering like, you know, who we are. Right. Like we're the people who train. We're known for that. <laughs> yeah. This is what we do. And <laughs> fucking Boom. gone. Yep. Fuck you. Bastard. <laughs> when I watch young people lift, I'm like, oh, your whole life is ahead of you. I hope you stub your toe, you piece of shit. <laughs> you just hear nothing hurts you. Living young and yeah. vigorous. Like, move that sandbag. Sure, man. Just pick it up. I'm like, oh, you're a young spine. <laughs> <laughs> Give me those fluids. <laughs> Synovial fluid. <laughs> just fully bends over, lifts with nothing but his fucking his chest. Like, lower back. The first, yeah, the first rule to pick it things up is throw your legs out of the equation and use your entire back. <laughs> 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 And just Peter Griffin the rest of the day. Ah, uh, ah. that's what my PT sent me. A fucking is Alex Pereira. Shout out to him, man, for the occupational therapy. Yo, much love, Alex. He's the one who's hooked me up with the well, first some PT major injuries. Yeah, but I'm telling him about my fucking knee, and he sends me the Peter Griffin. Ah, I'm like you fucking guy. <laughs> I'm like that's me, bro. That's me. That's me on Tuesday. Ow, 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 ow. On topic, off topic. Um, 
I had to cut pornography short because there was too many actresses doing that noise. Really? Oh, yeah. so that's all you can hear now? That's all I can hear. Ugh. And then I just like literally couldn't watch it anymore because I'm like, I she sounds like Peter topic. Griffin to me. Porn is on the warrior code. <laughs> <laughs> can we edit that too? Are we doing editing? This I said on topic, off topic. Yeah, I didn't. I missed it. That's like a little, it's like a self edit within the edit. Sorry, mom. She doesn't get it. She doesn't listen. Okay. <laughs> Hola. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, we, we were talking about being born into the warrior code. We were talking about uh, how some of it is, is forged, right? When we talk about you specifically, um, do you feel like you've, you were born into it or do you think that you forged it? And then were there, do you think that fighting is what really helped you forge it? It's a good question. Um, I would like to say that if I wasn't born with warrior spirit, that would be discrediting my family and my ancestors. So when I say that, I don't think I was born with a warrior spirit per se. I don't mean to be insulting. Um, I don't think I was necessarily born with a warrior spirit. I was born with, you know, ambition and, and I would say a lot of passion and these things that I would attribute to go to any path, whether it's, you know, being aggressive or driven or whatever. What I was born with was with a lack of what I thought was internal struggle and battle. And that's why, like growing up, and I've said it all the time, and, you know, comic books and heroes and movies. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't born in the fucking streets and I wasn't born in the mountains of the Philippines shooting a gun for freedom. And and I wasn't born in that life per se. My mom, although we weren't very rich, we weren't dirt poor, but we sure as hell weren't rich. Um, we worked hard. And my mom worked really hard to put food on the table. And my dad did what he could to be a loving father. And my brothers and my sisters were relatively good people. You know, they tried hard. And I realized that that wasn't enough for me. Whether I was born with that drive or I developed that because where I was born into, I cannot answer that question. I really can't. I wish I had an answer. I just don't know. I don't know if it would say a genetic thing. I mean, I have some badass motherfuckers in the history of my of my family. And I would attribute... A lot of my mother being one of the greatest warriors I've ever met. But I knew that it wasn't enough for me to lay my head down one day and be like, well, I didn't live this life fulfilled with challenges and sacrifice. I wanted to get into martial arts. I wanted to get into fights. But that manhood and warriorship as a kid was, you know, going to battle, whether it's external and having scars and drinking beers and smoking cigars. And of course, those are things that eventually attributed to other parts of my terminology and I threw myself at this. I got into martial arts. I got into fights. I got into rugby. I, uh, you know, I, I did strong man. I, I pushed myself. I quit my job. I went to school as the first one to went to school. Not so much because I wanted to go to Penn State, but because no one else in my fucking family did it. Yeah. You know, and that's part of my, my drive. I always felt unfulfilled. And I will say that a big part of that warrior spirit is that feeling of, of not being fulfilled, yeah. of consistently stepping into battles. And it could be a hollow life. It could be if you if you let it be. And it's it's part of the path, man. It's, again, <laughs> I'm not parading the warrior code as this is the best way to live life. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I always say this, like, why am I this way? And I don't, sometimes I say it jokingly because, you know, I'm having a beer at four in the morning, but. It's hard to feel unfulfilled and to continuously want like 
pain and physical distress and challenges and you know it's i'll be honest with you i swear to fucking god and i and i i want the fucking knee surgery because i want it to be hard on me because i want to tell the story hey in 2021 i overcame this motherfucker and i won florida stars man fuck you yeah and i did i earned that like it's it's i want it and i'm not trying to be funny or i don't need your sympathy or empathy it's it's internally driven and I don't know if that came from a, it's not like, again, I wasn't, I didn't live a fucking catered life. You know, we, we worked hard. We had a very strict mom and tough life in a sense, a lot of friends doing stupid shit. But I knew that the spirit that I needed to have within me had to be forced through hardships, whether it was mental, you know, and if I was chubby and being picked on and then going to martial arts and learning to defend myself because it was hard. And then, you know, I envisioned getting big and getting strong and getting tattoos because I wanted to look a certain way. And I knew I needed to look at these tattoos, but I had to earn them. I had to be in fights. I had to have scars. Like, I couldn't just get them. It, it felt disgusting to me. Yeah. It's not a, I'm not even trying to, like, blow myself up because I don't think this is, like, the healthiest lifestyle in any way, you know? Yeah. Um, But I, if I could say I was born with that or because um, life put certain paths in my way, it, you know, Putting myself in tough situation wasn't the only thing I had to do. It was a choice sometimes. It was a choice to get in the ring. It was a choice to break my body apart. It was my choice to make some, you know, legal, any legal decisions to put myself in scenarios where I, I had to defend myself. I had yeah. to stand up for myself. I knew people that were like, oh, this is going to go down right now. And I wanted that. And sometimes I still want that. That's why after 12 o'clock, hey, you're dealing with the rhino. Um, but I, that's why I always attribute I think you can be born with something and it gets exposed through life. Yeah. And that's how kind of genetics work. You know, you can be, have the serial killer gene and live a good life and never kill anyone. And it can be the biggest gene you want, the biggest exposure to it, you know, mom, dad, and, or you can have just a little bit and you have a really fucked up life and you're out slicing people to pieces. And I don't know if there's a warrior gene. There's actually been books and studies and there's certain personality types. This is a true thing. Yeah. that have this drive like for self-destruction or, or self-exploration through cathartic experiences, physical pain and emotional damage. And it's not just like, oh, I want peace. I'm like, fuck peace. Peace for me is always fighting. Yeah. And if it's genetic, I'm sure in some ways it can be. If it's exposed, yes. And the only way it can be exposed is if you take those fucking paths, if you open those doors and if you chip away. So... Again, I, I really want to reiterate the fact that I'm not promoting this particular lifestyle. I'm just explaining to you guys when I use warrior code or warrior that this is where it's fucking coming from. And it'll resonate in the soul of a lot of people yep. because sometimes they want to kind of they want to say it in another way. I'm like, it's OK for you to call yourself a warrior. It's 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 OK. Like you don't have to go and fucking kill somebody or punch somebody in the face. My mother has never killed a single person or hurt anyone physically that I know of, except us. <laughs> and is one of the most warrior women I have ever met in my entire life. That's why my standard for women are so high because my mom is a bad mother fucker and has never been a rude or aggressive or bad person. So what does that tell you? Yeah. You know, my mom has been through some shit and made some choices. Yeah. And, that's that's something, you know. Yeah, I I look at I have a lot of conversations, more conversations about my past than I would like to. Mm. But 
I talk about this conversation that I have a lot. I think I might have said it on this podcast before, but there's a conversation with my aunt, mm. and uh, is is post my stepdad dying, and she had looked at me, and she looked at me in the eyes, and she just my aunt has this the look, this you know, like uh, you probably feel this from your mom, mm-hmm. but like there's probably maybe two or three people. It's the way th- your dog looks at you. Mm-hmm. It's the way probably your your grandmother or abuela looks at you. That you can feel love just coming off of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and she looks at me and, and with those big old eyes and she's like, you know, I'm really proud of you. And I'm Ugh. like, I'm like, oh, thanks. You know, because dismissive because I'm like, whatever, you know. You don't like, want to deal with emotions. Right. Yeah. Right. And then she's like, no. She's like, you've really lived a life of tragedy. Yet here you are. And I was like, Tragedy. What are they talking about? I'm like, thanks. I give her a hug, and I'm like, I love you. And I go away, and like two days later, it hits me emotionally, like a light switch. I'm like, tragedy, and all these things start flooding back, and I'm like, man, all these days with no power, and I'm like, no. So I call my boy up, and we've been friends for 20 years, and I'm like, hey, man, do you remember not having power in your house? He's like, no. And I'm like, well, you guys like would pawn stuff to get food, right? No. Not as normal as What do you mean? Yeah. Your dad knew how to turn the water on when it got turned off, right? What? <laughs> like, okay, uh, I'm going to go. Yeah. Hey, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fuck you, Tony. But it's <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I had, uh, it was normal. It was normal, right? And then people will look at me. Now they hear the story and they're like, man, that's. You know, man, what a warrior. How'd you survive that? Like, if I went through that life, I wouldn't have made it through that life. And I'm like, that's just what you did. Right. Like, it wasn't a, there was no choice. And and then, I mean, that drives the point home, you know. Was it, did you survive because you were born with this particular drive and you went through something that tested it and you made it? Because had you not been born with it, would you have made it at all? Or would you have made it this far? Right, because we can assume that you've taken a high level of accountability to answer these questions and to quell that beast and to continue forward. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't really define warrior spirit, I don't understand. Because there are other people who will use what you lived and become externally destructive and mean and rude. And I'm like, that's not a warrior. I mean, that's a coward. You're acting, and no offense to you motherfuckers that have lived a very hard life. But if you use that as an excuse to hurt others and be a piece of shit, Understand that that is the easier path, and that's, hey man, I'm not here to throw stones, trust me. But it's a lot easier to use an upbringing like that, and some of my friends that I know have all the excuses to be a fucking asshole, and a murderer, and a drug dealer, and a criminal, and I mean real criminals, nigga, not like you fucking uh, dope boys that sell enough to buy new iPhones, like relax. You sell weed to I'm the talk- college kids. <laughs> yeah, shit, like, like come on, but selling weed at this point, no, it's not even <laughs> yeah. joke. Like all our friends sell weed. I mean, not my friends personally, nah, but man, a friend of a friend, no, like nice. my neighbors. No, no, I heard of a guy. Yeah, I heard of a guy. But why you're not a guy? You need a guy? No, no I mean, we got, no. <laughs> so there's an Instagram for that. Right. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. I never heard it. Nothing. I know nothing. And, and that kind of idea, you know, when you take the hardships that you've been through and you cultivate it to find your true path. Now, let me reiterate this. If if you think that you, this is a very rare thing to say, but if you think you were put on this earth to hurt others and be a destructive force, which I normally think that's not the case, 
um, good on you. You know, if you think that you, that's, I mean, there's some people out there that really were born to be bad people. Like they're following their path. But for the most part, most people act out in that way because they are scared of certain things. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be that way in the sense of understanding why. But typically, I know when I have plenty of reasons to be a piece of shit, and most of the people that I know do. And it's just like Peterson says, you know, <laughs> it's the violent man that knows how deadly he can be and chooses not to be, that is more trustworthy than the person that just says, oh, don't do that, and have no understanding of what violence is or their capability. (laughs) Like, if you don't know what he's right, if you don't know how destructive you can be, and you're like, oh, man, I'd never do that. I'm like, yeah, you know why, motherfucker? Because you can't. Right. Like, you physically can't do it. I go, but I know I can, and I'll just pet my dog and go to sleep. And that's the people that I tend to flock with. Like yeah. you have that that inner beast. Sure. I, I, it's funny because, you know, so the two different lifestyles, you know, the, the being very poor and living with my mother and then living with my father, who was essentially Joe Pesci <laughs> from Casino. True story. True story. But like with drug money. I guess still Joe Pesci from yeah. Casino. But like, <laughs> so like I had a lot of nice things until he got off the rails. But when people are like, I'm gangster, I'm this. And I'm like, have you ever heard a man like bones popping a man? Because I have. Mm. I heard that at about 13 years old. A man's bones breaking. So audible that I was on the other side of the room. Right. And that was just a Saturday for my dad. Like, eh. It's like, that's just, see, that's like. It's not you selling like yeah. weed to your friends. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I'm like, oh, you're gangster. What? Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. Relax. <laughs> Put it gangsta. A-H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fine. That's know. fine. I'll see you later. I'll it's, buy your weed too, by the way. <laughs> I try to explain that to my stepson who's now like getting into like that age. 16. He's like, oh, we're tough. Yeah. And I'm like, gag. He's, he was trying to, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going off the rails, but you know, fatherhood is kind of cool. I like it. Um, I was talking about being out late. And I said, if you would have ran into a man like my father at 16 year old out, my father would have probably fucked with you and put one of you in his trunk and drove around with you for a couple of days just to fuck with you because he was that guy. And I'm like, you think you're cool until someone stuffs you in a trunk. You get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, these all have releases. Not my dad's car. That's by design. Anyways. And so, um, but a little off the rails. But anyways, this is my mean, life. Yeah, that's living on the rails, man. <laughs> so it's Miami culture in general, dude. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And that means two things. Yep. Oh. <laughs> man, we're just pulling all the stops out in this episode. We're yeah. going to get fucked. Oh, yeah. This is the <laughs> worst episode ever. Delete it. <laughs> Pieces of shit. Episode 31, and we'll, rec- and we'll bring it up. The best episode ever recorded. This is the tribute. 31, <laughs> round two. Oh, man. We're going live now. I'm pretty sure we have way better connection now. Good. Thank goodness. Good. You you were meant to be seen in 4K. I I believe so. I believe so. Something good. So we're gonna let that load up for a minute, and then we want to talk about and which you've kind of already hinted at, but I really want to. I want you to say it. Oh, publicly. Oh, damn it. It's definitely me. Ugh. It's probably not me. Um, but I want you. <laughs> I want you to to talk about who is. The person in your life that you define as a warrior. We know the obvious answer, but I think you should say it again. <laughs> so, that's, yeah. 
I didn't even mean to say it when I said it, but you cannot not say it. No, you can't. Um, and, you know, this show's 100% unscripted because we're that talented. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. With our fucking styrofoam cups. Um, okay, so I've said this in a, in a few episodes, and I've said this for quite a long time. I guess I didn't really get the understanding of how 100% sure I am about this answer, as I, obviously as I got an older. Mm. And maybe because I see my mother more tired now. And that's always a thing to see, you know, you see your parents getting tired and, you know, my dad had knee surgery and you're seeing them frail and in pain. It's just a, it's very sad, but, but it doesn't have to be. And I always attribute the the best and the strongest warrior uh, to being my mother. And I'll, and I'll tell you, um, because as you get older and your brain shifts into memories and it goes into places, maybe because you're just more tired, so your defenses Against memories as a child are not as strong as they used to be because you're more tired. Uh, you're not trying to be arrogant anymore. You're not invulnerable. You're not indestructible. So you do explore parts of your brain where you're like, damn, I don't, I don't remember that, but I do now. You know, you're not making them up. It's not yeah. a false memory. As I can remember times when my mom was up till f- three, four in the morning, making bowls and and making cakes just to make ends meet in this house that didn't belong to us, but that she rented from my aunt because she wanted to, to give us a life that wasn't live in an apartment next to the fucking airport in the hood, you know? And more importantly, one thing my mother did that I think characterizes her as a warrior is that she never fucking complained. Like, she chose this life. She had three kids. She chose her husband. She chose her life. This is what she did. This is what she made her life to be. Not only a mother, but a provider, a leader, a a matriarch. That's warriorship to me. She didn't sit there and, you know, obviously, sometimes, you know, she'd be upset. But she never made me feel sorry for her. Yeah. I have never felt sorry for my mother in my entire life. And that is something to say when your mom's turning seven years old this year. Wow. Because when you feel sorry for them, somebody, they've painted themselves in that picture. Because I've seen people in the dirt of life where I'm like, I still think that you're something whether they're homeless or drug addicted or have cancer or broken, I'm still like, I think you can make it. I don't feel sorry for you because I think when I feel sorry for something, I'm disrespecting you. Yeah. Like a wounded animal. And even then they should be dangerous. My mother has always made me feel that way. Like, and now I look at her and she's older and she's tired and she's like that cute little coffee bean and she doesn't move as fast as she moves. I don't feel sorry for my mother. Yeah. My mother has earned those battle scars. It's like a badge of honor. Exactly. Yeah. And what more definition of a warrior? She took accountability. She worked endlessly, ends left and right. And my mother, true story, has never done, at least not to my knowledge, <laughs> illegal shit because she chose righteously. She's a very mm-hmm. religious woman. She's very pious. She chose hard. She still believes and has always been and has more reasons than most people I know to curse her God and curse her religion and has never questioned it, has always used it in a sense of good. And I'm not a religious man. And I've never felt insulted or ousted against my mother. She's been understanding. She's given me food and given me hope. And she doesn't sit there and tell me the man I should be. She has shown me the man I should be, and she's a woman. And that is fucking insane. Because typically as a man, when you look at a woman, you're like, you don't know what the fuck I'm going through. But that's not what the warrior code is, because the warrior code is absent of gender. Mm. And if that doesn't explain to you why I'm so fucking hard on other people, not just women in general, just everyone, 
Yeah. Because I've had a great I've had great parents, dog. You guys have been my parents, the fucking great people. Yeah. I got lucky, dude. That is luck. Because we can't pick our parents, bro. We can pick our friends. We can't pick our family. And I've been blessed with a good family. Yeah. And my mom defines that for me. And I tell that people I tell that to people all the time. You know, it's not that my dad is not a, my dad is another fucking G. I know that's a whole yeah. conversation for another episode. And I'm gonna tell you something when I tell people <laughs> I tell people, um, I made a post about it. And look at my dad. My dad and me could not be more different in senses of external attitude. My dad's also more humble. You know, when he was younger, he was, um, he was, you know, cocky and fucking shit. You know, yeah, he had yeah, charisma. No That's where, where I where get, my, get it from. I got my plus 10 to charisma because of my old man, you know. <laughs> yeah, Even though he was like four nine. just kidding. He's like five six. Um, but look. Which is huge. Which is huge. And he's sitting there. He got he got knee surgery. You know my dad's silly, dude. My dad's a, he's a clown. He makes jokes. You know, not like me, but he can take a joke better than I can. Um, and and I said it to them. And I said, there's a video of my dad because now his knee surgeries, they have you walk the same day. Uh, things are changed. A knee replacement, excuse me. And I wrote about it. And I wrote about it in my post. But those of you are not familiar with that. So that same day, he's getting on his walker, and the nurse asks him. It's just like, oh, uh, are you scared? And he goes, well, no, I don't know. I'm not scared. And he goes, no, yeah, yeah. He goes, I'm frightened. And he takes a step anyway. And he takes a second oh, step. Wow. And he says it like, no, no. Es que estoy asustado. And I'm like, bro, I got ugh, I get choked up talking about it. I go, he is who he is. He's okay telling that lady like, yo, I'm, I'm frightened. But he continues forward. He didn't try to act tough. He yeah. didn't paint himself like, you know, like me. I might be like, oh, I got this. And inside I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, because I don't have that same courage and personality that my father has. Yeah. And he takes those and he takes the fucking steps down there and he's whatever. And to, to the credit to this motherfucker's personality type, I'm helping him get to the bathroom. You know, you got to help your dad go to take a piss. And that's sad, you know, but yeah. it's, it's a good thing. It's a good surgery. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm stupid enough to ask him. I go, you're going to go to the bathroom in there? And he goes, no, no, no. I'm going to go outside and take a shit in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, motherfucker. I go, I go out and say in Spanish, I'll punch you in the fucking knee. And I go, you, know, you, you still got jokes and you're on fucking Oxycontin and shit. Though. This guy's making. Like, and, oh, my God. And to explain that, you know, to kind of cohesive, my parents are probably the most, both of them in their own way, are such warriors to me that. In the adversity, you know, learning to walk again at 73 in severe pain. I don't care who you are. At 73, everything sucks. Yeah. You know, and... Your your body is in pain always. without the pain. And <laughs> I can tell you, like, my dad has been through shit since he was fucking born. Yeah. My mom, too, dude. Yeah. My mom, too. My mom was cleaning fucking uh, rafters and, and, and drapes on a ladder when she was pregnant with me to make ends meet. Like, no complaints, dude. Yeah. They wake up, they get their shit done. And they're always themselves. And I think that's a warrior code. You, you, you just, you're yourself. You're not trying to uh, necessarily impress the person out to, but think about it. This motherfucker <laughs> has a knee replacement surgery and is still cracking jokes. Yeah. I'm like, are you, you know, he's not trying to be somebody he ain't. And my mom too, you know, my mom's still sassy as fuck. Like she goes to the therapy. She's like, you know, cause she does those hand things. She goes, Oh, I didn't know you were going to do that to him excuse me and i'm like mom i'm like i can hear my sister telling me the story and i'm like oh my god you know because <laughs> you know my mom was like that yeah and so to answer your question it's like the greatest example of warriorship for me personally and i've met some 
I've met some warriors. Sure. I'm just saying for me personally, the most influential, it's not because, look, my parents haven't killed anyone, haven't gone to war. They, they really don't believe in violence per se, you know. They're not pussies, but their courage comes to their adherence to, to love and to be passionate yeah. and to give because that's who they are. Not what their religion expects for them, not what their family expects for them, because that's who they are. And they're really unapologetic for being themselves. Yeah. And they did everything they could, whether it was make ends meet and try as hard as they could to take care of their family. And man, if that doesn't speak, that doesn't define that, like, I don't, I don't know what else to fucking say in that sense. Um, but yeah, it's a big deal. And like seeing, you see them get older and you see them get tired, but they're just tired from being badasses. <laughs> yeah, for so long. Yeah, right? Like 70, I'm like, fuck, if I get, please, I don't want to get to 70. Before I will be fuck. so deep into hallucinogens by then. <laughs> Do they make cocaine for seven-year-olds? I yes. will ride into the retirement home on a literal dragon. <laughs> I will be on a triceratops by then with like bionic limbs. I want to be Dr. Octopus, basically, so I can hold all the beers. You would just make one order one for order all of your beers, and the arms just. Boop, boop, boop. That's, that's trademarked, by the way. So that's hard. Take that. Yeah. So yeah, and I agree with that, and I think that the common factor here is is similar to what I would say. So my stepfather, who literally took a broken boy in and was like, "Hey, man, you have a family now, right?" Now, when I was that young, I didn't understand what type of burden I was putting on that family. I was putting a financial burden. You, you know, don't see that as a kid. Right. No. You do, and, and nor do I know because I've ne- I haven't been educated on finances and bills and things like that. I don't know. I'm a kid. Right. Right. And that man, like, even when him and my stepmom were going at it and you knew that there was an incredible amount of tension in the house, they never fucking quit on each other and he never quit on us and he just consistently did the things he had to do and i think that that's the common part for your parents my stepdad the things that influence us the most is the factor of you still get up and do the things you have to and i think as you said in the beginning of all of this the warrior code is a path and that path is forged in doing the things you have to. And that's what Chris Williams did for me so often. Like, I knew that, like, for me, when Christmas time came around, I didn't care. Like, you want to buy me? If you brought me a package of socks and you were like, Merry Christmas, I'd be like, oh, my feet are going to be so warm. <laughs> are these for me? Yeah, yeah, I was, like, stunned. But he... Like even my brother's friends who would pop in had Christmas presents waiting for them. Mm. And it's because that man worked triple overtime to be able to make Christmas happen for a family that didn't have the money for it. Right. Because that's what not only did he want to do that, but he felt that obligation to the family and the family that we chose, which is friends. Right. right? Our friends are the family we choose. And he fucking did that every time. And in the moments where he had his trach surgery and he couldn't speak to us, he would write down jokes. Oh, get the fuck out I of here. I swear to God. And he would he would laugh, but not yeah. vocally. So you'd see him go, <laughs> bro, and I will never forget that. And and that goes to show you and your firsthand experience on loving someone for being themselves. That's A, it's a rare quality. And 
I think when you find someone or someones or some people that are inherently themselves, even if it's just, even if it's bad for some reason, it's mm. just, you can't look away. Yeah. Right. Um, and it, you could tell the reason when it's genuine, when you love someone genuinely, like you're always yourself, good or for bad. Like yeah. you can't help yourself. I'd rather deal with somebody like that than is putting on six, six masks just to impress me. Cause I think, I think at a certain age, you're very wise to that. Yeah, sure. And you know, talking about your old man, it's just, it just reiterates that, that again, to the point that we said, like, does it really have an age group? Does it really have an experience line? Does it really have to grow up in hardship? Does, does that, uh, does that accountability and that drive to challenge yourself always have to come from some sort of damage or could it be from a protective source because you don't want anyone else to be hurt? Yeah. And there's a lot of things to that and there's a lot of philosophies and applications to it, but it's always going to boil down to if this is who you really are, you know, if, if you find love and passion and drive because you are a protective human being, because you're driven to love and to be passionate you are just to me as valuable as a warrior, as a man who is out there destroying and pushing and fighting and throwing bombs at the world and at himself and being aggressive. And to me, those are both values because the man on the right and the left are both being themselves to the fullest, chasing their path. And I can guarantee you one is probably a lot more fulfilling than the other, you know, because in life and in battle, there are some men and women to the left and the right of you that are not going to be there for long. Because of the choices they've made. If you are going to surround yourself with warriors, the path is not long and the path is not fun. And the path often is selfish. And I don't want to preach, you know, like I said, my mom is a, is, is a warrior to me. The way she gives, but my mom is not selfish. Mm -hmm. My mom is, is very selfless, which I think is a much harder path. And I believe that that's what I strive to be. Yeah, you no, know, it's very easy to be selfish, man. I love it. Oh God, so good. You know, I just want to go right now. You know, so it's so delicious. I want to go and fuck wreck shit right now. Yeah, right now. We'll end like, the shit. Let's we'll just cut go. this Instagram we'll live off, and I'm gonna go to fucking some barring and wait. <laughs> and and you know, and to reiterate, and I think some people are gonna listen and be like, "Oh man, you know, the warrior path seems to be a lot of things." I'm like, I'm, uh, "It is." Yes, but there's one thing and one thing alone is that it's yours. It's not mine, you know. It's not, it's not, it's yours alone. And you must understand that the highest level of the warrior path is a hundred percent accountability to know why you're doing what you're doing and to sleep with those demons. And it, it's okay. You know, some days are going to be really hard to get out of bed. And I'm, I promise you, you don't, you don't chase whether you're good or bad. You chase accepting who you really are. And it's okay to be a bad person that does good things. That's been my fucking thing. You remember Gladiator? Oh, uh, okay. Just watched it because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. And he goes, Proxima, are you uh, are you being a good man? Are you in danger of being a good man? And he goes, Bah. I've been using that quote well since that movie came out, of course. And they're like, Mike, you're a good person. I'm like, No, I'm just in danger of becoming one. <laughs> I've been saying that I, since I'm, you know, since I met our live studio audience. Yes. And before that, because Gladiator came out like back when I was a nom <laughs> dealing with fucking, you know, napalm. I watched it in black and white. Yeah. Idiots. I saw it on a fucking on the back of a, of a truck, you know, <laughs> and that re again, yeah. these lines resonate with me because I was very confused at first and I would do bad things and, you know, I'd make the best choices. And I'm like, am I a bad person? 
I know, and I define myself by these moralities that were in mine. Yeah. And when I started development, I started reading more on warriors, Musashi, and, and you know, the Dakota, and history in general. It wasn't like Leonidas was a fucking good person. Yeah. He was just a warrior. Oh, my God. And That's just fucking, it. Just bleh, it's, it's get after it. From every orifice. You know what I mean? And And I started realizing that, you know, this warrior code and this warrior path is absent of morality, but it's present of choice and having accountability in your choice and, and following through without question is the warrior spirit. Is there a little refill time? Yeah. I mean, I mean what is this amateur hour? Never for us. <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, again, and like I get that response a lot too, you know, like, Hey man, wow, you're a good dude. Ugh. And I'm like, I'm not though. Yeah, I what do good you things. experience is a developed skill because my interactions were like, you're talking to me and I fucking hate you for it. <laughs> and it's it's funny to say now because like I understand like my mentality then was so fucked up. Right. But like I am literally have had to work at like being a genuinely nice person. Like this is hard. Yeah. But you know, through all my loss, mm-hmm. through all my all my experiences with with losing people and death and stuff like that, the people that I care about, the the friends that I call family, mm. <laughs> you know, right? <Brought>, <laughs> you fucking know, and and that will never change. I think that's the one thing that I've honed my spirit on mm. is I will. No one will when I die. Hopefully soon. I tell you what, I was telling when I go to general anesthesia, I'm like, here we go, motherfuckers. Sweet death. Come back to town. I'm like, fuck you, pussy. I'm going under eight. (laughs) You know when they put you in (laughs) You know when they put you to sleep, you're like, I'm not gonna get to one, you fucking pussy. (laughs) I'm like, I wanna die now. The last thing I said before I blacked out was I hope I don't get a boner. (laughs) (laughs) Like, fuck. Woo, one way ticket, motherfucker. <laughs> Death with a heart. Yeah, <laughs> this guy was amazing. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think that the one thing that will, you know, people will say about me is that they knew that they had my support no matter what. That my path was always to to wake up and make sure that the people I care about knew about it. Right. Every day. Every fucking day. And it, and and if you're one of the people close to me, you know, right. there's no doubt, you know. Right. And I think that that's that's the the path that I I chose and developed in the same time. And it's through interactions with guys like you and Danny, you know, that that helped me hone this skill over and over again. Right, and and it's it comes from being asked the right questions. Hundred percent. You know, I, I hate when you do that. It's like disgusting. Because I'd see like it's so annoying. And then you do this thing. You ever see live studio on its nose? You do that that <laughs> with the fucking thumb up top. So, so you know, let me ask yes. you a question, motherfucker, bro. Because a power move, dog. I am like coming at you with a torpedo finger. Yes, bro. yeah. Pierces you right in the fucking the worst. heart. I, I used to point at people with all my fingers. <laughs> nah, I don't do that. That's a power move right there. But I just fucking turned it. Or I go like this. But oh. this is mostly when I'm drunk. Yeah, this is when you uh, you have something to say I and you also that, want that, them to shut that up. That Jack Black thing? <laughs> I can't help myself. I can't help myself. That three-finger fucking death punch that he has. I'm like, God, you're hilarious. Like, I want to take it from him, but it's not mine. 
But yeah. like it could be amongst people that don't know who he is. <laughs> I'm gonna wait 20 years and be like, yeah, I mean, I created this. This is my thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's on Instagram. <laughs> Everyone at the retirement home was like, why does he keep doing that? Yeah, to us? just bring him more pills. I'm like, Get the f- <laughs> yes, but yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to be so high. Oh my god, that's where we plan, bro. Mr. Retirement Home just gives you a bunch of drugs. Oh my god, Listen. are there retirement homes for 45 year olds? Because I don't see why that's a thing. Should be. Can you imagine if we made a retirement home for 45-year-olds, bro? Well, this is the thing, right? Well, I mean, because what, you know, technically retirement is a... Athletes. No, athletes. Right. All athletes in there. You pay a yearly membership to belong to our exclusive retirement home for 45 to 55 or 60-year-olds with very lovely, kind assistants that feed you drugs and food. I don't I don't understand what the big deal is. Oh, my God. Did we just come up with something oh awesome? God. I a grape and a drug. Don't fucking remember what I just said. <laughs> it's like it's like one grape, one pill. Yeah, done. <laughs> this is the best day of my life. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this. <laughs> talk about this fucking. Later. I'm pretty sure this is Shark Tank. Yeah, Shark Tank. <laughs> oh, I'm a shack. Shack. God damn it! I feel great today. Oh man! All right, so <laughs> do, do you want to go over the user submitted questions? Because I think that the Instagram questions were pretty good. Yeah, let's do one. Let's do this. Okay. We have a few, but we'll do what we can. We're running out of time. I know, man. We've been good. They creep up on you. They do. Is there ever a point where the warrior code can impact someone's life negatively because of lack of information, knowledge, or training? Or is it more of a certain mental state that one can enter in certain life situations. So, and I'll, and I'll say this again. Um, if the warrior code or the warrior philosophy or the mentality is something you choose to live your life on, there is no such thing as positive nor negative impact. It is merely an adherence and an acceptance of that lifestyle. So, if you happen to be a person that is driven by a protective nature and this is the way it is and it's going to cause you to live a life of isolation and not being understood and you're going to sit there and bitch about it, then you're not a warrior. You just chose a life that's not for you. And that's okay. Just realize that it's not for you and fuck off. <laughs> and that's what that's, you know, don't claim it. Yeah. Um, like I said, warrior personalities, warrior codes, warrior mentalities, can change and derive for a lot of people, but it's mostly that sense of accountability. And I'm saying this is a great question because it just makes me reiterate the point that there is no negative or positive. There is no right or wrong. There is no good or bad. Mm-hmm. It is a merely a path of choices that is 100% accountability to what you think is going to get you where you think you need to go. Because my path to other people may look horrible and bad. Yeah. And the only motherfucker on this planet that can judge me is Michael Delapov. No, I don't believe that there's some shining gates for me or the terminology of Ahala has always been an empowering concept where I can have beer and steak with my friends. And a part of me wishes this was true beyond measure. And I always wish that there was people that are long lost and gone and watching me. This is my particular belief and my adherence to my belief system, not yours, but mine. And instead of drawing horror or loneliness from that it just makes me concept or understand the concept that the path that i walk is mine and mine alone and i don't necessarily expect you to understand it i just expect you to withstand it 
if you're going to walk next to me, then you're supposed to feel the waves of what I step on. Is if you choose to be my brother or my friend, and this is the warrior code, and you want to walk it with me, then we're going to hell together on one-way ticket. <laughs> or don't say you are. So it's not good or bad. Yeah, It's not. Yeah, there are bad things. Yeah, you will make some things morally in a fucking questionable manner. But inherently, it's such a big thing and concept of perspective. Does it in- impact you negatively? Sure. Maybe if you think you want to say it that way. Or is that just the way the path is leading you? Negative to who? Yeah. Negative to what? Oh, you know, it's affecting me in the sense that I don't want to, I don't want to associate with people, or I'm, you know, lashing out on my loved ones. I go, are you lashing out on your loved ones because there's something unfulfilled within you, or because you're just a shitty person? If yeah. you accept you're a shitty, per- shitty person, you're probably better, better off. Yeah. And I always say that too, and you have to be real, man. I, I can't express this enough. There is no good or bad in that sense of choice. Choice is choice. It's your perspective on the choice. Negative is if it steers you off the path. <laughs> yeah. I guess you can say that's negative. Negative, anything negative that refers to the warrior code is if anything steers you off from being not yourself. So if you make a choice where, <sighs> let's say you're a very loving person and you like to be kind to people, and you like to be giving, and you like to be passionate, and you, you, know, you want to help people. And suddenly you have a bad relationship and now you're being mean and lashing out. That's negative. It's not the code per se. It's that something is pulling you away from who you really are. Yeah. So I would say that I have to take a much harder look at what you're calling negative and identify that as whether it's really what you want to do or what you don't want to do. And honestly, <laughs> that's a very hard when it's good or bad. It's great that you said that because oh, that shit. ties into something you said recently. So, damn it, we we're all celebrating uh, Vinny's birthday. Oof. and you and I were just doing our thing I as don't we remember do. This. And you look at me and you go, "It's about being who you're not meant to be." Uh, but it was more like this, <laughs> you know, Johnny. It's about being <laughs> who you're not meant to be. And then you did wow. like the thing with your finger. You're like, shh. I and did then that? I was like, Ugh. okay. And you're like, no, shh. And then you just walked away. Just like, <sighs> just fucking disappeared. And I was like, that sounds about I'm going right. to write that down because that was good. Okay. So I, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, I'd like to take this moment to thank alcohol for inspiration. Son of a bitch. I, I now remember now when I said that. Okay. So when I said that, um, I think oftentimes in life, we have this particular path that has been presented to us. And the path that is typically presented to us is oftentimes external natures. Parents and friends and responsibilities and, you know, uh, I guess certain situations in life that push you to a certain path where they say, you know, this is what you were meant to be. This is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I think we're born and put into this situation by external things. If I can tell you right now, <laughs> if I would have followed this particular path, I would not be here. Or you. Or you. Because what we were meant to be 
at first has been an external pressure going to school. I went to school because I thought that's what I should do. <laughs> yep. You know, I uh, didn't do this because that's what I was told I should do. There's going to come an age, and I mean age in quotation marks because it could be a mental, spiritual, conscious, whatever age, where something is going to show you that what you were supposed to, you were meant to be, is not really who you are. And it's when I mentioned that to you, is like what you were not meant to be. And I said that in a sense where, how fair is it to say that I was meant to be something if you've never been pushed enough to understand what you were not meant to be? And I know for sure when I was growing up and you told me what I was meant to be, I had no idea how to answer that question for you. Because the only people that put that thought into my head was not me. It was my parents, my siblings, my friends, TV, movies, comic books, hard situations, uh, lackluster failures, all these things. That's what, oh, you're meant to be this. I'm like, was I? (laughs) And I realized, you know, that maybe it was what I was not meant to be that I truly am. And that doesn't have to be negative. Right. There's some of us that are born to the life that are meant to be cowards, that are meant to be losers, and they're meant to be failures and criminals and pieces of shit, assholes. That's what we were meant to be. We were born to be that way. I was born to just work construction, sell drugs, be an asshole, not have no ambition, not be a leader. Theoretically, if I follow my path, that's very easy growing up in Miami. It's super easy to be that way. It's very easy to be non-influential and to be another piece of shit driving a fucking car that he can't afford and mean a fucking nobody. That's what I was kind of meant to be according to the social pressures of life. Maybe not what my parents told me to be, but certainly what I was expected to be. Sure. And I realized at a certain age, I'm like, maybe it's not that. Maybe it's a position of leadership. And more importantly, a position of responsibility, which I fucking hate. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. And it's accepting and adhering to that, that plan of attack. That, Michael, maybe you were meant to be responsible. Maybe you were meant to be a leader. And maybe you were meant to be, in some morbid way, an example. If you would have told me that at any year of my life, I would have been like, fuck you. <laughs> oh, like some square? <laughs> like, what, I'm a pussy? Call me a nerd? Yeah, you call me a nerd? <laughs> yeah. And and I still struggle. We had an episode about that. The, responsi- the responsibility of responsibility Oftentimes it's what keeps me alive. Do you know how hard that is for some of us to accept that? I mean, Man. you're going into fatherhood. I know. So you just took the one of the biggest one of the biggest steps into accepting the responsibility of responsibility because now you have to stick around, which is counterintuitive to what? What you were quote unquote meant to be, right? But maybe it's what you were not meant to be that was worth living for. And I said it and I told it to you. I remember now, because I was in a whole nother dimension. <laughs> but I remember. Yeah. And that's where it came to be. I'm like, well, you know, who you know, who said that? Yeah. And then I got older and in my thirties and I'm like, oh, maybe this is where I belong. Yeah. And you know, my twenties and my fifteens, you know, I was meant to be this and that and blah. And, you know, you can use that as a sense of empowerment, not necessarily a sense of confusion. And when I said that, I was like, this is exactly what I mean. You know, oftentimes our, our first initial uh, guide, our first initial, initial uh, blast off 
is to go in somewhere where everyone else is telling you you're supposed to go. And there's no age to realizing, you know, this, you know. Yeah. I didn't really realize this until my 30s. 30s, you know, and I'm, I'm sure people were like, Like oh, 30. episode 30? Yeah. Like what? Like 3-0? Brains on the wall. I don't know. I mean, sometimes we just, I just amaze <laughs> how good we are. Everything comes back around. Whatever. I hope That's you guys take said. that into account. Just how good this episode is. Unedited. <laughs> but And that's four Ds. And that's four Ds. Also so, what she said. Wow. Damn, we're good. Here we are. But that, that kind of just brings that point into yeah. to fruition. Who, who, who initially set you off on the path? And when do you realize that's a thing? And that's really for you. And then... When you have the mental capacity to cut your own path from the path that has been presented to you. I mean, it's easy. I, I could, and my honest said this to me, and this is part of that conversation that we had. But my honest said to me, like, you could have done drugs. You could have ended up in jail. You could have ended up a killer. And nobody would look at you and be like, I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. That would have made sense. Because kind of that's us. what you were meant to be, right? And I can't, I keep throwing these quotes like there's a camera, but you get it. Yeah, but but uh, people see us. Like you guys can literally see me do the quotation. There's a camera okay. in their minds. Yeah, you have a camera in your. Are we dressed? <laughs> I hope not. Nah, but you, right? Yeah, like that's 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 where that 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 quote came to be, and the and the difficult nature of identifying. Yeah. It's funny how we just, sometimes the things that we become, we stumble upon. Oof. Right? I'm going to write that down. <laughs> and you at home should too. Because like I say the, one smart thing in episodes, so fuck you. All that lost or not, all that who are lost or not, uh, what is it? All who wander or not lost. Uh, it's, yeah. yeah. Very similar. Definitely my life. It has nothing to do with me peeing at 3 a.m. Yeah. Or <laughs> reading Lord of the Rings. Okay. So good. Nerd. Way better than Harry Potter. I'll say it on on an episode. I'll say it. Really? Yes. Me too. I agree. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I love Lord of the Rings. You get me. Yeah. Wizards have staffs, not sticks. <laughs> it's, it's been windy lately. That's a tattoo. That's it's a tattoo. Fucking windy. <laughs> it's been windy lately. This weather is the whole thing. <laughs> I'm not fucking myself on this. <laughs> I see what you're doing, motherfucker. I'm I'm quitty. Nope. I'm quick. Nope. Why are you saying it like that? Say <laughs> Why are you saying it which way? Quitty? You saying it's so weird. Oh. Yeah. Oh, come on. There's not even an H in there. Yeah, God. I want you guys to know that <laughs> we're we, doing family guy jokes for you fucking 12-year-old <laughs> listeners. We are children. Jesus. At the end of the day. Yep. Episode 30 does not define us by <laughs> by age at all or even age bracket. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man, I think we got room for one more, and then I'm gonna. We got one more. Kill. Yeah, there was another great question. It was. It was. So it we was. could do that. Yeah, let's or, do that. Or or or. We got a lot of people. Yeah, I'll I'll use myself as a great example. I don't consider myself a warrior. Mm. I can appreciate that people will say that about me, and I think that more people would say that about me than I would expect. Okay. But for the people who don't consider themselves an a warrior. What are the things that they can do? What are common things they can do to kind of take them on that path? How can we get there? 
No, that's a good question. Send us off, Johnny. Yeah, and you know what? I think this is a good question because um, it leaves something on the table. And I, it's one of my favorite things about conversation is what are you bringing to the table? I, I'd say that in arguments, <laughs> and I say that in conversations with my friends. I also say that in interactions, business meetings, whatever. Like what are you bringing to the table, whether it's a good attitude or whatever? And I think that question inspires that. So often people will say, um, you know, do I have the warrior spirit? Am I a warrior? And things like that. I would say that, no, not everyone on this planet was meant to have this as a life um, passion or definition of self or even a GPS system. But there is nothing wrong with diving in and using the tools in this particular lifestyle. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't understand why anyone would really want to live this lifestyle. I think a lot of people that have this particular mentality and this consistent go, 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 and this ambitious, because go, go, go also means take, take, take. It means take, take, take from self. It means take from the world. It means take from your family. It means taking from your personal life, your hours, your sleep, your stress, your mentality, your ambition, your passion. It's all going down, down, down very, very fast. I'm not promoting this particular code. I'm not making a whole episode dirty because I want you to live this fucking warrior code. I'm not giving you this kind of guideline to being so self-destructive that you don't know why Tuesday is Tuesday and you don't know if you're going to make it to Friday because you don't understand the concepts of moving forward without some sort of self-inflicting injury, whether it's emotional or physical. You don't know why you chase things like pain and pressure and anxiety and, and responsibility. Because the more you go into this path, the more you realize that your path going forward is going to bring people with you. And when you're a, a, a pressure, when you're a, a motion forward into a wave, you make wake. You're not a pebble, you're a stone dropping into the lake. That's a, that's a choice. When you have, when you're out, 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 outlandish, when you speak loudly with with body language and with passion, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room, like verbally, to say what you want to say. I'm not saying that this is a particular path for everyone or anyone at all. What I do say to people out there that are going to listen to this podcast and maybe question themselves on why they're not this way or think that they're less than this path, I will advise you to think thoroughly that there's nothing wrong with being who you are. Maybe you're the writer. Maybe you're the lover. Maybe you're the poet. Maybe you're the artist. Maybe you're the giver. There's a lot of things out there. There's a lot of terminology that you can surround yourself with to describe of who you are that is exactly what you want to be. No, the warrior path is a very self-destructive path. And many times it's lonely. I'm not here on this episode to tell you things like, oh man, this is the way it should be. I'm just telling you this is the way that I am. 10, 15 years from now, we have the luxury of talking on a microphone and a nice good room with good whiskey and good friends if I'm going to define it the same way. Because if there's anything I've ever said is that I'm a big acceptor of change, as hard as it is for my entire body to accept that I am changing with the wind. I hate it. I'm growing older too. The seasons change. Like fall. Man, I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not spring anymore. I'm like a late summer. I understand that. And that pushes me forward. Call it the warrior code if you want, but that's what I call it because it empowers me. 
that helps me find a definition for my purpose and who I am as a man, as a human being, that you're right, I'm not the greatest person in this entire world. I'm not. I really am not. But I'm a person that, that thrives to make change. I'm a person that thrives to make big puddles and big waves and big stomps and big footprints and big fires. And sometimes I lose friends. And sometimes I lose loved ones. And sometimes I lose respect. And I lose connections with people that I used to love so much. But because I am the way that I am, and I hate to say that, but I've accepted it. And I try my best to fix it because you know what I'm scared of the most? Is being forgotten. And warriors hate being forgotten. They can also be greedy and selfish and chase fame and chase luxury, idolship, being put on a pedestal. That's part of being a warrior, too. I've never met a warrior in my entire life that wants to be forgotten. Not a, not a deep one, right? So what I would advise to you, cons- consistently chasing that concept of maybe you should just dip your toe in the water and take what you can from it. Just like I take... I take a little bit from the artist, the lover, the passionate person. You know, I call my parents warriors in a sense. Of course they are. But I take my dad's humility, my mother's passion, my mother's giving nature that I wish I had a fucking ounce of. My dad's ability to take a fucking hit in the goddamn face and never wince and never come back with aggression, but only the stoic stance of a man who knows who he is. That is power to me that I don't understand all the time because I'm young and I'm rash and I'm still living the life and I'm living the battle. And I think that's important. Is a warrior code ever changing? Every year, I guarantee you next year we're going to have a different podcast. And maybe at episode 50, the big 5-0 will change it. No, I, I don't think it's a good idea to always just identify yourself as a warrior Sometimes I always say, and I used to hashtag the burden, because as much as it's a gift, it's a burden. You don't have to live this life, and I don't think it's, you know, some people might say that there's more layers to it. You're right, maybe I haven't gotten there yet. But a moment to the fact of identifying of who I am as a man, as a person. And it's okay for you to understand and take some treats from this particular pool and move forward with it. It's about accountability. It's about what is best in life. Right? It's about pushing forward and knowing who the fuck you are. And there's one thing that was said today, and there's one thing that I would hold very true to not only the warrior code, but in general, is that you don't quit on something that you love. And I think that's one of the greatest things in a universal code of going forward that I think warriors know very, very well because we accept the idea that there is no tomorrow. And that is a very morbid sense of life. But it's who we are. I want to say this, and I'm going to close it on this because I think that I don't think I've spilled my guts on an episode like this in a very long time. And I think if there was any kind of honorable sacrifice that we can make in the honors and in the concept of seppuku in any way, and somebody can just spill my guts on this podcast, I think it would be today. It's not so much because I think that this episode demands it. It's because I think I needed it. Maybe you did, maybe we did. 
But I know that going forward, I can't really continue without identifying who I am publicly because it puts the pressure and the responsibility of responsibility on my entire soul. That warriors don't quit. They don't quit on their friends. They don't quit on their passion. They don't quit on people they love. They don't quit on things they love. Because there is no choice. <laughs> In that sense. So. This is a battle last podcast. Saying never stray from the way. And don't be a pussy. <laughs>